Good morning. God is still God. Still sits on the throne. Doesn't make any difference what happens in this world. God's still God. He never changes. So I'm excited to see what God's going to do. Amen? Okay, today we're going to start a, a series that we're going to follow through for the next couple of weeks where we're talking about some keys to the kingdom that you don't typically think about because they're not things you do. They're attitudes you must have. If you don't have this attitude in you, you're going to be limited in your ability to see the Spirit of God work through you and do what He wants to do. So we're going to start out here in, uh, if I get my Bible the right way up, the book of Proverbs. You get Proverbs? We're looking at uh, chapter 18. Proverbs is a collection of wisdom. It's wise sayings. It uses a form of Hebrew poetry where sometimes he says the same things twice, two different ways, and other times he says opposite things. We're going to see one of these examples where he uses this type of Hebrew poetry where in two verses he says opposite things. And if we don't understand the difference, it's easy for us to get pulled in to the error. Okay, we're going to start reading in verse 10. I'm reading out of the uh, New American Standard Version because I like the way it says it. I think it pulls the truth out a little bit clearer than the other versions. And it's got small print, so be patient with me. (laughs) The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. The rich man's wealth is in his strong city. And like a high wall in his own imagination. You understand what imagination is? We can imagine something so crystal clear it seems real to us. And if we imagine something that's not that that is not real, it's going to disintegrate and then our hopes are dashed with it. We need to be careful with our imaginations. However, Hope is similar to imagination, but it's based on the truth. We need to have hope even in spite of the fact we don't have the reality in our hands right now. We can't see it right in front of us. We need to have hope. So we need to have positive imagination, not negative imagination. That's what I want us to see. Now, the story is not about a strong tower. The name of the Lord is strong tower. He's given us a word picture a parable, if you will, an analogy. The, the name of the Lord is what he's talking about here. The name of the Lord is his authority. It's his personality. I have a name. Each of my children inherited my name. You inherited your father's name. When you got married, you inherited, if you're a woman, you inherited your husband's name. It's It's nothing in the Bible that says we do that. That's a part of our American culture to do that. So when I become the bride of Christ, I adopt his name. My last name really is Christian, which means little Christ. I become a Christian. I become a follower of Christ. The name of the Lord is like a strong tower. It doesn't insert that word, but that's what he's really saying. He's given us a word picture for the name of the Lord. If the name of the Lord is in me and I'm in him, 
then he's like a strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. What do you think of when you think of a strong tower? Maybe we need to go back in time to the time this was written. What would a strong tower look like back then? What would a strong tower represent back then? This is what he's talking about, the back then. So I want to share three things about the strong tower image that we have here. Number one, it's a place for contrite hearts. Contrite means broken, crushed, suppressed, held down. Might you be here today, this morning, with a contrite heart, feeling like you've just lost something? Maybe if you've had your hopes up and all excited about this election, maybe today you don't have quite so much excitement But the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's a place for contrite hearts. Listen, Isaiah 57, 15 says, For this is what the high and exalted one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. For the purpose of... To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the lowly. Why? So I can raise him up. Bring him into my high and holy place. He's after us, church. He's got his eye on us. The Holy Spirit sometimes has been called the hound of heaven. Because he hounds us. He won't back off. He won't let go. He keeps pressing in. He's not done with us. And he's not about to let us think he's done with us. So he keeps reminding us that he's not done with us. That he's got a a good thing ahead for us. It's It's a place. This strong tower is a place for contrite hearts. Secondly, it's a place where we can find strength. In Psalm 27.1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And then he says the same thing in different words. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I don't have to be afraid of anything. I don't have to be filled with fear. Oh, no. My man has lost the election. Listen, Jesus didn't lose the election. He's the one who sits on the throne. We need to keep remembering that. We get distracted and we get caught up in the ways of the world. When we, we as Christians, we need to be caught up in the ways of God. And God never works the way we think He ought to work. He always does surprising things for us. So, that strong tower, the name of the Lord, that's where we find strength. And here's the third thing. It's a place of security. Isaiah chapter 6, or chapter 9, rather, verse 6. You remember this from the Christmas story. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Did we transfer that government control over to somebody else, or is it still on his shoulders? This is a prediction, a prophecy that I think still holds. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This strong tower, the name of the Lord, when we run 
When, when we connect with that strong tower, when we get into that strong tower, it's a place of safety and security. And I don't have to worry about what Congress is going to do. I don't have to worry about what the economy is going to do. I don't have to worry about what COVID-19 is going to do. It's a place of security. I'm going to hang on to my God. He's giving us these basic principles so we'll embrace them, so we'll hang on to them, so we'll step into them. So here's the second part of that. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it. Did you get that? We run into it. It doesn't fall on us. We run into it. We don't have to be afraid of a loving God. A God who sacrificed his own son that we could be right with him. We don't have to be afraid of that, church. We can run into it. Yes. Run into it. I love this. Let me share four scriptures that enlighten this running into it aspect. Here's the first one. Jesus is the entrance to the strong tower. Amen. That's how you get in. John chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. We think of a strong tower as a tower that's there, and when there's an enemy coming, we run into it, and the tower is a safe place. It can't be scaled. It can't be broken into. They can't harm us as long as we're in the strong tower. That's the image he's giving us. But I need to get into the strong tower. And there's way too many Christians talking about the strong tower, but haven't got into it. You got to get in. How do you get in? You run in. You run into it. Have you ever felt like you needed to run into it? Door's still open. He's standing there. Yes. He's waiting on us yes. to come in. Yes. Don't wait. Run in. And we get to run in again and again and again whenever there's danger. Amen. Here's the second thing I want us to see. You don't stop running. You don't stop running in. You keep running in. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul says to the church at Galatia, You were running such a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? It's so easy. Sometimes when we're, when we're so busy running this race, we feel like we're doing so good. And then something comes and pulls the rug out from under us. I remember our church. Back about February, going into March, we were doing so good. We had two services full of people. We had two children's programs with each, with each of those services. We were doing so good. The pastors were sitting in the conference room talking about what we were going to do, plans on how we were going to get people together, plans on how we were, we were going to see people discipled and grow, and then COVID hit. And it was like, all of a sudden, the rug was pulled out from under us. We couldn't get people together safely. It was a problem. 
we had to shift gears. We had to find a new way to do this. Who pulled the rug out from under us? I don't think it was God, although I think God used it. God's separating the sheep from the goats. He's making, doing a separation. And we began seeing new people come in because we were broadcasting into people's living rooms. And I want to thank you for staying tuned in. Those of you that are watching at home, you're a part of this church. Whether you're here physically or not, you are a part of this church. Here's the third thing about running into it. The strong tower, once you get inside, makes you strong. As long as you're on the outside, you're weak. But you get on the inside of the tower, his strength makes you strong. Psalm 18.29 says, For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. You see this big talk? He's got confidence. How does he got confidence? He ran into the tower. He's in the strong tower. The strong tower that makes him feel secure makes him feel secure. You and I can start, we, we, we need to get our imagination going in the positive way. What, is, what does faith say to me? Faith says to me, God has his eye on me every minute of every day. Faith says to me, when I stumble and fall, God helps me back up. He doesn't hold me down. He helps me back up. Faith, what's your imagination say if God was real? If God was real, if the Holy Spirit really was in this room, if he really was dealing with every person in there individually, if there were angels in this room watching down on us, protecting us, what would that look like? Let's use our imagination in a positive way. Dilly-dallied too long and things shut down on me. Come on. Because I don't remember what I'm going to say next. Oh, yeah. Here's the fourth thing about running into it. You got to believe in the invisible power of the strong tower. What you can't see doesn't mean it's not there. Habakkuk chapter 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Make the vision. People don't know which way to run. They don't know which way to behave. They don't know how to react. They don't know what to do next. Write the vision so people know which way to run. That's what we're trying to do tonight in this Make Jesus Famous night. We're trying to give you the vision so you know how to run. How do we deal with the changes in this world? How do we deal with things we don't like going on? How do we deal with them? Tonight we're going to hear testimonies from some people that are going to tell us what God has done in their life. And the whole process of that and prayer is to give us a vision to know how we should run our race. How we should run into the stronghold. How we can get to the strong tower. I hope you come back tonight for that. Here's the third part. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. 
I love that. It's a place of safety. It's a place where no matter what they do to me, I'm still okay. They can't suppress a man of God. They can't suppress a woman of God. Can't be done. This last week I was, I was watching the news. And there was in that period where we didn't really know who the next president was going to be. We didn't know how the election was going. And I, I was looking at this map of Pennsylvania they were showing me. Of all these counties. And all the counties that had voted for Trump were in red. And the counties that had voted for Biden were in blue. And you looked at the state of Pennsylvania and it was a sea of red. But there were a couple blue blips in that map. They were the cities. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They voted for Biden. <clears throat> and you, we look at that and we may say, well, how in the world did Biden win with all that red? Well, it's a, it's a vote. Individuals. It, masses live in the cities. Masses don't live out in the country, which Pennsylvania mainly is. So Biden won that election. And when I was looking at those colors, I thought, how in the world can Biden win that? And I felt the Lord say to me, this is just the way I see Christianity in America. It's a sea of non-believers who don't trust God. They trust the political system. It's a sea of non-believers, but I have placed in strategic places people of power, people of influence. That's the church of Jesus Christ. That's where those people congregate. That's where those people come together. He has placed us in this world, and he just loves to win a victory when he's outnumbered. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by him. He's the one who's going to win. I want to encourage this church. Find safety. And we've got to speak it out. You cannot be a silent Christian if you want to be victorious. You've got to speak it out. Psalm 91, verses 1 through 7. One who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will lodge in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, remember what? I will say to the Lord. I've got to speak it out. I will say to the Lord, my refuge is... And my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who rescues me from the net of the trapper and from the deadly plague. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may take refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and wall. You will not be afraid of the terror, terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day. Of the plague, listen to this, of the plague that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that devastates at noon. Yes. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. Speak it out. There is a strong tower. I need to run into the strong tower and find safety and know that I'm safe and know that I'm secure. So you got to speak it out. Here's the second thing. His strength becomes my weakness. Come on. Uh, maybe I said that wrong. My weakness is his strength. That's what I meant to say. 
2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Did you hear that? My power, my strength is made perfect in weakness down here. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. You want Christ's power to rest on you? Then quit denying your weakness. Quit bragging about how wonderful you are. Fact of the matter is we're all sinners saved by grace. Grace is not what you did. Grace is what Jesus did. So we just need to take ownership of the fact we're all messed up, but we're getting better. We're getting delivered. We're getting healed. We're getting victorious. His strength works in me. Here's the third thing. He is my hiding place. He is. The name of the Lord is my hiding place. Psalm 32 verse 7 says, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. That's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to surround ourselves with songs of deliverance. God's delivered me. And he's in the process of delivering me. And there's some things he hasn't hardly started on yet, but he will deliver me. Because God's not going to leave me where I am. He's not going to leave you where you are. We're not here as Christians to gather together and pat ourselves on the back and say, isn't it wonderful we're all going to heaven? That's not our purpose in coming together. Our purpose in coming together is help one another grow, to be more like Christ. Because we're not like Christ until we attract people to our faith. Most, most of us in this church and every church aren't attracting anybody to our faith. We're afraid to speak it out. We're not like Christ. We'll be Christ-like when we can speak it out and demonstrate the love of Christ. Whoa, whoa what did I step on? I don't know. Okay. So let me go to this, uh, this fourth part of the story. I'm not going to leave us here. And these are those imaginary walls. The uh, verse 11 of the story. A rich man's wealth, and let me, I guess I need to define rich man because we all want to say, well, I'm not rich. He's not talking about me. It's a person who thinks he's got everything he needs. So if you think you got everything you need in this world, even though you're middle, middle class, middle income, that's, I think, a rich person. I've never gone without a meal unless I chose to. There's always been something to go snack on because I'm living a rich world, have plenty. A rich man's wealth is in his strong city. Remember, it's, an, it's a word picture. It's an analogy. It's in his strong city. And the high wall, and like a high wall, in his own imagination. Our imagination can try to save us from Jesus' control, and we don't even realize it. I got a couple of scriptures to share on this one. Here's the first one. <clears throat> the first point about imaginary walls is your own reasoning can be an imaginary wall. Proverb 28:26 says, "Those who trust in their own reasoning are fools, but those who walk in wisdom will be kept safe." My own reasoning gets me in trouble every time. Yes. 
I, I could share some stories, but I'm going to move on. <laughs> here's, this, here's the second thing about imaginary walls. Your own heart can be an imaginary wall. Did you know that? Proverb 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. How many times have we all made plans and they fell apart? They disintegrated. Didn't become reality. Many are the plans in a man's heart, a woman's heart, a family's heart, a pastor's heart, a teacher's heart, a father's heart. Many are the plans, but it's the Lord's will that prevails. And I don't always get my will. I wish that were so, but if that were so, I wouldn't need Jesus anymore. But I need Jesus because my plans keep falling apart. I need him. And here's the third thing. Your own treasure can be an imaginary wall. Well, I've got all this security. I've got all this... uh, all uh, these mutual funds, I've got all this wealth stored up. I've got all these insurance plans. I've got a secure job. We don't know what tomorrow holds, church. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We only know who holds tomorrow. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21 in the message version says, Don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust, or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven, where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. So do you want your treasure really to be down here only? Or do you want some of your treasure to be up there? Because what you don't want to happen is you live your life down here and you have so much and, you, and, and you, everybody says wonderful things about you and then you die and go to heaven and have God scowling at you for the rest of eternity. You don't want to see that. That's not where you want to be. So your own treasure can be a deception and hold us back from what God wants. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Righteous people run into it and are safe. Let's not take the imaginary route. Doesn't get us anywhere. Doesn't really accomplish anything. Maybe down here, but not up there. We are people that live for eternity. We understand this isn't isn't all there is. There's way more than what we see down here. We want to step into Father's house where there'll be no more elections. Or maybe I should say no more campaigns. That was the problem. I'm on a campaign to elect Jesus. He's got my vote. How about you? There's a strong tower, church. Let's stand together and let's run into it.